Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furnace. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furnace presents the Beantown Podcast for Saturday, January 30th, 2021. What's going on? How are you? This is my show. My name is Quinn. I'm the producer, creator, best boy, key grip, uh, supreme chancellor of this entire program. And we are coming to you live through the audio. We are coming to you live through YouTube. Welcome to everyone who is tuning in. This is the Beantown Podcast. This is our fourth year of the show, and it is one of the the top 500 podcasts on the north side of Chicago. So you know when you tune in to Beantown, you're getting quality content. We have a very wild show for you today, and I want to say before anything else... You might want to grab an edible or a glass of whiskey or some Powerade or something because it's going to be a funky time. We've never done anything like this on the show before, and that's coming up very soon because I'm not going to waste your time. It's a Saturday. We've got stuff to do. There's a snowstorm coming in like half an hour. I don't know. It's 310 p.m. Central Standard Time. So, that's coming. We just had a snowstorm. It's crazy out here. But I want to mention, because I forgot, and I apologize to the fans, last week we forgot to do our Real Housewives of Salt Lake City recap. And wouldn't you know it, this past week, this past Wednesday night, is the penultimate episode of season one of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Blindsided me. They said, next week on the season finale. And I'm like, whoa. No one prepared me for that. I apologize last week we forgot about it. Um, before I get into that, I'll mention listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Beantown Podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use some adult language. Number two, number one and a half, we, we'll talk about Jen Shaw, and she is just, kids don't need to hear about that. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. Basically, two weeks ago on The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and I didn't even look at a recap uh, before. Um, for either episode before I started talking right now and I hadn't even thought about it but I didn't want to forget about it again um, Whitney wanted to plan a girls trip to Vegas and of course Mary Cosby who had such a prominent role in the first one to three episodes of season one it, it, I'm a broken record here I tell you, every episode, she gets 30 seconds of screen time. They cut to her house, and she has a, a five-second conversation with her cousin slash housekeeper. That's all you need to know about Mary Cosby. The rest of the ladies, Heather, Whitney, Jen Shaw, Meredith, and Lisa Barlow. They go to Vegas, a fun little getaway. What's supposed to be a fun little getaway. And Whitney has this big surprise planned for everyone. And she's like, we're going to go race cars. And Heather's like super excited to do it. They go to Las Vegas Motor Speedway. But Jen Shaw, who has some serious issues, which the show is not long enough. It's a 30 to 60 minute program. We can't get into all of it. But basically, Jen Shaw pulls Heather back and she's like, you can't go racing. I have a big surprise for you. And Heather didn't know about it. So it's a big, like random surprise. So it's just kind of weird. Anyways, so Whitney and Meredith and Lisa go to the track. They're driving these fancy cars. Whitney apologizes 
to Lisa and Meredith for Coach Shaw's birthday party, which wasn't even really Whitney's fault. It was she was just executed very poorly and she was super drunk. Anyway, so now Whitney and Meredith and Lisa, they're all good. They're all racing cars. And I could go into it. There's a whole lot more going on. All you need to know is Lisa's really slow. Back at the hotel in Las Vegas, this weird like shopping thing going on. Jen Shaw apparently right now feels like Heather's her only friend, which is, I don't know, kind of strange. I never really noticed the like friendship dynamic between the two of them, whatever. But I don't even, Jen Shaw is just toxic. There's going to be something, some shit going down no matter what. I This was two weeks ago already. Can't remember. She starts yelling at Heather, yada, yada, yada. The other ladies come back from the race track and... Basically, the start of this episode, Vegas is like a two-part thing. They're really excited to go to the strip club. And then they say that, and then they never go to the strip club. So it's just kind of weird. They go downstairs to the casino or wherever for dinner. And first, it's just Jen Shah and Meredith and Lisa. And, of course, Jen Shah freaks out again when she finds out that... Meredith and Lisa have the hash shit out with Whitney and they're good to go. They're on good solid ground. Jen Shaw is not happy about this, even though two three weeks ago, remember Whitney and Meredith or Whitney and uh Heather and Jen Shaw went to those weird like bathtubs in the mountains and Whitney apologized to Jen Shaw and Jen Shaw was like, Yeah, we're good after she was splashing water at the producers and the cameramen, etc. So Whitney's under the impression that she's good with Jen Shaw. Apparently not. Jen Shaw starts freaking out at Lisa and Meredith. Meredith walks away because she's not going to engage. Lisa's doing her best to like have her back, whatever. Whitney and uh, uh, Heather, their cousins, remember, they come down and all of a sudden they come down and Jen Shaw is just like the Tasmanian devil. She's going nuts she like bumps into slash they they refer to it as she hit Heather, which it wasn't really it was like a bump, but which is a bad move for Jen Shaw because Whitney or Heather is like her only friend, the only one who'll stick up for her anyway. So this whole thing just blows up. Vegas has been a disaster because of Jen Shaw, and Lisa FaceTimes Mary because we got to get Mary five seconds of screen time. And Mary's like, hmm, yeah, I told you show. I told you so. Shaw, show, whatever. About Jen Shaw. So the like set piece, the final thing of this episode. Apparently they the the four ladies, Whitney, Heather, Meredith, and Lisa, were all under the impression that Jen Shaw, after her blow up, this specific one, I know there's about two per episode. And we still haven't gotten to the second one for this episode. Has she, they're under the impression that she flew home. So the three ladies, it's uh, Whitney, Meredith, and Lisa. They go to this hypnotist, and Heather's coming too, but she's just running behind. Heather goes to Jen Shaw's room, even though she doesn't expect Jen Shaw to be there. She thinks her shopping hall, whatever, from the night before is going to be there. She gets there, and I swear to God, Funniest part of the episode 
They let her into Jen Shah's hotel room. Jen Shah is there, but that's not the funny part. She has her whole posse there. There's got to be... If anyone else is watching the episode, you can let me know whether you think I'm, I'm high or low. I would say six people in the room with her. Um, there's, you know, because she has, like, her three assistants, Jen Shah. There's Stu, Stu Chains, right? And, like, two other assistants that we never meet. And then a hairstylist, a wardrobe person, her bodyguard. I think this was the first episode we learned that Jen Shah has a bodyguard. Okay? Just very weird. So there's like eight people in this hotel room all of a sudden, and Heather's like, oh, we're, we're going to this hypnotist. Are you going to come? And Jen Cha's like, yeah, sure. That's going to be trouble. So now the five ladies are at this hypnotist who's like kind of, <laughs> excuse me, they did some really good editing with the hypnotist and like some of her lines. It was actually very comical. But it starts off as like this relaxation, meditation, hypnotism thing which is what you would think it was going to be. Speaking of relaxation and hypnotization, H-Y-P-N-O, that's a Pokemon, T-I-N-I-Z-A-T-I-O-N, hypnotization. Hypnotization, something like that. And all of a sudden it turns into this gab session where it's basically like couples therapy, but there's five people instead of two. And of course, it's all about Jen Shah. And I can't even, I can't even remember all the fine details. The, the best part was the very last thing they did though. And it's this um, like trust exercise. And so the hypnotist, and he's got the five ladies in there, six including the hypnotist. And she's like, raise your hand if, and everyone's participating, raise your hand if you trust this person. This person, this person. So they go down the line. They do all five. For, I think the first three are like Whitney, Lisa, and Meredith. And no one, and everyone raises their hand. Or it, it's the opposite. Raise your hand if you don't trust that person. So no one raises their hand. Then they get to Jen Shah. And as we would all expect, everyone raises their hand except for Jen Shah, obviously. And then the shocker, because they've really been playing up this like, or trying to play up this, um, Jen Shah and um, and Heather being like her only friend left. The, the hypnotist last asked, raise your hand if you don't trust Heather. And of course, Heather is like the MVP of the show. She's like clearly the most stable, normal one. Um, you know, it's just like not childish, very emotionally intelligent. Jen Shah raises her hand. When Whitney's been the one, or Heather's been the one who's like had her back, literally earlier in the episode, Heather was like, let's not rush, let's not pass too much judgment on Jen Shah, like, she has some redeeming qualities, yada, 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 whatever, but she's the only one saying stuff like that, and Lisa's like, I don't think I want to be her friend anymore, whatever, so Jen Shah raises her hand, she's the only one that doesn't trust uh, Heather, and it's just like, girl, bad move, anyways, they finally leave Vegas, and that's the end of the episode, and I mentioned you might want, you know, a glass of whiskey or an edible or something. I have a glass myself. It's a very tall, healthy pour because what I'm about to get into is just some funky stuff, man. Um, the glass of whiskey wasn't supposed to be for listening to the Real Housewives recap, but it works for that, too. Um, I want to mention 
This is good whiskey, by the way. Uh, Jay Henry, I think. I think we talked about it in the show before. My friend John Paul Pendowski brought it over a couple weeks ago from Dane, Wisconsin, which I don't know where that is, but presumably it's in Dane County, which is the first county north of the border, I think, right? First or second county around Madison, whatever. Paul Ryan land. Um, I want to mention this before I get too deep into my whiskey or my Powerade. You know, I've got, I'm, I'm double fisting whiskey and, uh, for those who aren't on the YouTube stream, Powerade Fruit Punch Zero Sugar Sports Drink because sometimes I want to party and sometimes I want to be hydrated. So it's good to kind of alternate. But the reason, oh, uh, what I was going to say is uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns at any point, you can always email us, beantownpodcast.yahoo.com. Again, that's beantown, podcast at yahoo.com. And I want to give a shout out to our sponsors because I don't know where the rest of this episode's going to go. Um, we're not going to take like an ad break or anything like that. Uh, Home Pride, Oregon. You need a house inspected in Central Oregon. Steve's your guy. Cuts by Q. You're looking at it. Uh, the Samson Q2U series. It's beautiful in year four. And then uh, today and tomorrow, your last two days to go and get your everlasting. Uh, bath pillow, everlasting comfort bath pillow. Use code Q.QueenD for 20% off. Sales end tomorrow. I had a dream. Tuesday night, Wednesday night, doesn't matter. And this dream felt like I was in it for hours. And it was a double dream in multiple senses of the word. Double first in that I had the dream. I woke up about 5 a.m., 6 a.m. I went back to bed. And I continued having the dream. That is some wild stuff. The other sense, and I don't know if this is true or not, or if my mind is playing tricks on me, but it felt like a sequel to a dream I had when I was, yay, a young chap. Nary, is that a word? N-A-R-R-Y? If I was in the UK. Nary, a young chap. So it was like a sequel to a dream that I had had before. And the centerpiece of this dream, and I'm, I'm just telling it to you like it is, is this nine-story, nine-story, mind you, it's like the tallest building in Vermont, nine-story house in Loves Park, Illinois, which is, to tie it into earlier things in the episode, halfway between... Rockford and Dane County, Wisconsin. It's a nine-story house, but it looks like a normal house from the outside. Kind of like a like a Pokemon. Think about like the what's the first thing that in Pokemon like gold and silver, Brussels sprout tower, or something like that. 
You fight all those sages. They have bell sprouts. Weird. It looks normal from the outside, but this house has nine stories. The first dream I had or the first time this memory occurred to me 15, 16 years ago, at least in my head, that's what it was. We were there for a Bible study, a family Bible study, which was a a popular thing to do as kids, as a family growing up. You go to a sort of a different person's house every week. Different people will volunteer to host the the Bible studies. The adults all get together in a large room with multiple seating options. And I don't know because I was never present in that portion, but presumably discuss biblical scriptures and passages and The kids will all play in a designated kid play area with a variety of entertainment options depending on who is hosting. For example, you go to the the Perkins basement. You've got Pokemon or uh, Super, no, uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee on the GameCube. Hell of a game. Or, you know, whomever is hosting... Kintayas, Micrits, Reynolds. There's, you know, it's like an hour long Bible study jam session. And then after studying the scriptures, all the families get together <coughs> for some sort of dessert. One time there was lobster at the Perkins house. I don't like lobster. And, you know, there's gabbing, there's chatting. And it just lost the YouTube stream. It's coming back. Apologies for that. Just saying there's gabbing and, ch- gabbing and chatting. G-A-B-B-I-N-G space A-N-D space C-H-A-T-T-I-N-G. Gabbing and chatting. Anyways, that's what Bible studies as family Bible study was all about growing up. And one one time, host family unknown, indeterminate, like you're trying to find the derivative of 17. I don't know. I don't know how calculus works. I took calculus when I was 17 to 18 years old. Mostly 17. There was a Jeopardy question two, three nights ago. It was the college championship. And they were like, what's the what's the derivative of 2x squared or something? I don't know. What is it, 4x? Someone can get on that. Power rule. So we come back to the present day. And in my dream... I have returned to this nine-story house, and there's a there's a lot of action going on. The house is for sale, but also there has been a murder 
and it's currently under investigation. I don't know who was murdered, and I certainly don't know who did the murdering. Not important. Let's focus on this house. I'm there with Rachel, trusty, hashtag girlfriend of the podcast, anniversaries in three weeks. Come with me on all my adventures. And of course, it's a nine-story house, right? So you have to explore every single story. Now, I'll say this. Each story, rather than being a floor with a lot of different rooms, is just... you. It's kind of like a regular house for one or two stories, one or two floors. And then every floor above that, all the way to the top, is just one room. And you're looking at it not from, like, your normal perspective out of your own eyes as you're sort of walking around, but you're watching it from above, almost as if you were the ghost of Craig T. Nelson's grandfather watching from the heavens above. And this is not the last time that ghosts are going to come into play. I'll tell you that much and apologies if the YouTube stream keeps cutting out it says my connection is unstable and I don't know what to do about that so you go up the levels the floors of this house and you'll quickly learn that although the house is for sale it's still being inhabited The identities of these inhabitants is where things get funky. They are all like orphaned high schoolers. I tell you what, it's some sort of like Professor Charles Xavier's school for gifted youngsters. Each room as you go up has maybe two or three orphaned children existing in it. Some of them are just straight-up bedrooms. Some of them are more kind of fun rooms. One room in particular comes to mind. It has two ping-pong tables, tennis tables, however you want to classify. I don't tell you how to live your life. And so you get all sorts of great games going. And it's very important to mention that on the third floor of this house, and this part doesn't really make any sense, unlike the rest of the dream, you'll just have to stretch your imagination. The third floor of this house has a secret passageway under the couch. In fact, not even so much under the couch. The couch is just part of this section of the room that you physically have to grab the ground and pull back like you're pulling out a fold-out couch but just imagine doing that with the entire room you sort of pull out an entire third of this room and it uncovers or exposes if you will a secret passageway to the basement now I know what you're thinking. Quinn, how 
is there a secret passageway from the third floor directly down to the basement? I don't have an answer for you. Sometimes life isn't clean and, and simple with everything put together very nicely, especially when you're dreaming a dream sequel and it's a double dream that you have twice in one night. Okay, I don't have any answers for you there. I don't know what happens in the basement. I was not allowed to go in. The orphans on the third floor explicitly said do not go into the basement. Now, I don't know if this was, maybe one of the orphans was incepting me, okay? Because immediately what I'm thinking now, in my dream state, mind you, which may or may not be my own dream, I, maybe someone snuck into my APT at 3 a.m. and incepted me. I don't know. But, you know, rather than killing Murphy's daddy issues and... Tom Hardy and Ellen Page and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Ken Watanabe and Tom Berenger and Leonardo DiCaprio and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and that Egyptian guy driving the, 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 the van. All I had were troubled orphans. Almost as if Inception, it's raining outside, and a series of unfortunate events did a Glee-style mashup. Mr. Schuster, the invalid, Jane Lynch, that one cheerleader that died, that one football player that died, the other football player that died, Kurt. None of that. Don't go into the basement. I was told. So I continue to climb. A metaphorical climb, if you will. Well, actually not. Metaphorical is probably not the right word. Just not like climbing a, a brick wall or a chain link fence, but rather just walking up the stairs like a normal person. You go higher and higher throughout this nine story house and of course as you get you you, you you go higher and higher you start thinking what's going to happen when I reach the top what is waiting for me on the ninth floor of this house so eventually you get there and it's very different whereas the first eight stories of this house you'll just walk up stairs and enter through a doorway or a corridor like a normal person would or a normal house would you rather you it's like you're going up into an attic there's a trap door of sorts above your head and you have to push it open and you can tell that there's there's something going on you hear a slight rocking 
hear the television is on. And I slowly peer, P-E-E-R, like Peerless Price, played for the Buffalo Bills. Lee Evans, guys were a, a good tandem back in the early 2000s. Um, I, I, I poke my head above the floorboards through this trap door of sorts. And it's really weird. There are two rocking chairs, one in each corner on the other end of the room far away from me. And I have no explanation for this because there oftentimes our dreams are composed or comprised of things that we've recently seen or talked about or thought about in our daily lives. For example, I had a dream earlier this week also, it was a big week for dreams, that I was on Chopped. But not like normal chopped. It was like a combination of chopped and the British Bake Off. So it was like chopped rules, but there were 12 people getting chopped one at a time, which is high stakes. And not to get too far into another dream here, but it is worth mentioning that I woke up from that chopped dream when I was in the second round. So I made it through the first round. And one of my basket ingredients was Fritos. You know, those little corn chips. And I swear to God, I watched a Chopped episode yesterday. And corn chips were one of the basket ingredients. I don't have any explanation for that. But back to this dream. I'm on the ninth floor. Of this house that's for sale. And I think the reason I was there is because this house was listed at like a really low price. Loves Park Real Estate. You understand how that is. And I've been thinking about real estate kind of lately and whether I should buy a place, keep renting. I'm not actively looking to buy or anything like that. It's just something that I think about because I'm a very dollars and cents, bottom line, black and white kind of person at the end of the day. So I'm all about saving money. Home ownership is not particularly a um, large goal or, or, or uh, part of my short-term plans or vision. But I am all about saving Uncle Sam's greenbacks. In the corner, there are two rocking chairs. And off to the side, I can't, I can't see what's on the screen but there's a television and the television is Pat Robertson who I think is still alive right that guy's been 80 for the last three decades and that's not just my dream talking that's how I actually feel I don't know if it was 700 Club or if he was making an appearance on Mike Huckabee's syndicated television program or the Jim Baker show doesn't matter Pat Robertson is talking. But here's the very strange thing where I was talking about how your dreams are typically comprised, comprised of things that you've recently been exposed to 
or thinking about or watching or talking about or watching or whatever. Because the two... No, one of the two people is is a person that I haven't thought about, talked about, looked at, whatever, for... I, I feel like years. I don't know. Maybe that's not the case. The other one I did just see couple weekends ago or last week I don't recall which we watched a film that has a, a guest appearance by this person that that person is Mark Knopfler okay classic rock fans will know the strange thing however he's sitting in this rocking chair leant lent back as in the the the, the present pluperfect form of lean and he's wearing this 10-gallon hat, almost like he's going to Country Thunder, Twin Lakes, Wisconsin or something. I don't know. It doesn't matter, okay? Let's try to stay focused. But the other figure in the rocking chair, I don't know. I don't know what it means. I don't know if this is part of the inception. My great-grandfather, Walter Hodgins, I don't know why. I don't have an explanation. It doesn't make sense. They're watching Pat Robertson. They're rocking in their rocking chairs. And it's very dark. There's just one little candle on the floor, in the middle of this room, this ninth floor, which is more or less an attic. Because all there is, it's just wooden floorboards, two rocking chairs, the television set. I'm not talking like flat screen. I'm talking like the things you roll into the classroom to watch 9-11 footage. I don't know if that's too dark. I apologize. That's just where my mind went. And a little candle in the middle, slowly giving off light and all I do is I just peer above the floorboards poke my head I'm standing on a ladder my great grandfather and Mark Knopfler in his 10 gallon hat just rocking back and forth and back and forth. So I slowly start to come back down. And it all just fades to black. I don't remember coming down. I don't know if I ever got past the eighth floor again. I don't know what happened to the orphans. I don't think I made an offer on the house. Oh, in case anyone doesn't know, uh, my great-grandfather has been dead for 20 years. So some sort of apparition, A-P-P-A-R-I-T-I-O-N of some sort. And it all just starts to float and fade away. 
like that song Float On by Modest Mouse. Is that that one? I don't know. I don't know Modest Mouse very well. So that's basically what I did this week. Just some wild stuff, man. I don't have an explanation. I don't know what it means. If I was inceptive, it's really disappointing because there was no Tom Berenger or at least Killen Murphy. I mean, I know that guy's not very talkative, but I'd like to at least have a conversation. Leo, I don't really care about, but Killen, I would love to. So... That was my dream. I don't know if I'll... I don't know if we'll make it a three-peat. Maybe talking about this. Maybe putting this out there into the cosmos. It'll come back to me someday. Maybe in another 15 years, I'll have yet another dream about it. 20 years, maybe. Be old and gray by then. I don't know. I really don't know. Let's let that ruminate for a little bit. And I don't know, because I didn't do a sound check. We've had some dream, some royalty-free dream-type music going on in the background for the last 20 minutes or so 30 minutes this episode kind of got away from me we're just gonna lean into that I'm gonna stop talking and you can turn it off because you're not gonna it's not like there's not gonna be a Marvel post credits or mid credits scene I don't really do that I didn't plan that far ahead but I'm gonna finish my whiskey and just sit with the ambience and you can turn it off if you like. I'm not going to go for too too long just listening to the ambience, but just add a little bit of maybe you want to do your own Real Housewives of Las Vegas hypnotization. You can do that. Or you can shut it off, or you can use it to fall asleep, whatever you want. It's your your time. I will mention... That Pledge Drive month starts in two days. Um, It's unlikely that I have the GoFundMe set up on Monday exactly because I don't think we need a full month. And I want to just make sure we're prepared for that. We're going to do the Pledge Drive in three weeks, the telethon. Next week will be a whatever episode. Week after that, it will be an early episode because I'll be away for that weekend for my anniversary and Valentine's Day. And then the weekend after that, we'll do the Pleasure Drive Telethon. I think the 20th is the day we're looking at. So we're going to lean into the ambience. And um, thanks for listening. Okay. I'll check in on you next time.